0: Welcome to the Highway Church podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I want to talk to you. I don't think we talk about it enough. We certainly have not this year, but I I want to talk to you tonight about health and I want to talk to you about healing for something that has been covered by the cross, for something that's been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ and What he's provided, what he's given to us is so much more than just a ticket to heaven one day. What he's given to us is indeed sozo, is indeed salvation. But it also incorporates our health, our well-being, our peace, our joy, covering and protection. It provides everything pertaining to life and godliness on this planet. There is nothing that is lacking. There was nothing that was left out of the death of Jesus on the cross and what his blood provided for you and I. There is not one of us in this room right now that needs to feel abandoned, that needs to feel isolated, that needs to feel away from the provision and the touch of God. There is not one of us right now that are in pauper city. There is not one of us that need to keep saying poverty is okay, impoverished spirit is all right. There is nothing of that that belongs in this great salvation that we've been given. And so the cross of Jesus is about our health. It is about our healing. And there is no doubt. There is no doubt when you read the pages of God's word that provision has been made. There is so much talk about um, this, this area of health and healing in just 15 or 20 minutes. I can't even begin to open the page wide enough to go down this road, but I hope at least tonight that something in a few words and in a few minutes captures our attention all over again. I hope that something within us takes a hold of this provision out of the nature of God so that you and I will understand that we can walk on a road of health. For me I I guess I've got an interest down this down this road. I've always been interested and about health and about healing. And It's one thing knowing it in your head, but when it becomes a revelation, then your whole life is different in the way that you go about things, because there's a lot in this life that competes for our attention. There's a lot in this life that competes with how we will think. But the truth of God's word is far different than any thoughts you might have or a magazine you might read, or all the things that in this life that is competing for your attention. But the truth of God's word will defy even a medical report. And you may have been given a medical report about something, or worse still, uh, you try going to the internet saying, I've got a headache. My goodness, they'll have you suffering with everything from allergies to stress to a brain tumour. I mean, it is a broad, broad road. What I would suggest to you, if you've got a symptom in your body, don't get too involved with what the internet says because all of a sudden you feel worse than when you first started before you got onto the internet and the symptoms start to increase and start to compound. Headaches is one thing. It is a fact. Last Thursday at... Uh, women's. I think it was last Thursday when we gathered together in this room, and I really just touched very briefly on it, and all I really said was this, that in this life, we'll be dealing with facts, and we'll also be dealing with truth, and there will be a competing interest for your time and for your thoughts in those two areas. For me, I have a general interest. I just have a general interest. Don't ask me why, I'm not a doctor, but I have an interest in reading books on health, and which overflows into what should we eat. Uh, I'd like to say that I live everything I've read. Clearly, I don't. But I do have an interest about it. And I will start to research and read all kinds of books and. A few years ago, we went on to Hawaii. Now, most people, when they go to Hawaii, would do other things other than sit on a beautiful beach in Hawaii while everyone's out snorkeling with the turtles. And I'm sitting on a beach reading a book about this thick, about the scientific effect that certain foods have on the body. So everyone's got snorkels and flippers and their beach towels and their umbrellas. And I'm sitting on on the beach in Turtle Bay And I'm reading this scientific book. It wasn't a Christian book. It wasn't a diet book. It was just a book that was written by a scientist who started to uncover how the body reacts to certain foods. The very interesting thing about that is that when you start to get some knowledge of God's Word, it lines up incredibly with what God's already written. Perhaps it's my mother's medical Career that has influenced this interest in me. I don't know, but you'll come across stuff in life, and there'll be this competing thing about where you will live. Will you live in facts or will you live in truth? Science so often will. Tell you that this is now a proven fact because science has now pr- proven this, and now there 's a condition in your body, and science says that this is what you 're dealing with. some time ago the doctor 's two doctors told me I had a condition in my body which wasn 't nice to deal with it had an enormous impact upon my energy, upon my strength upon my well being it created all kinds of symptoms and Several tests absolutely confirmed that I had this thing going on. I had a problem, and not only that, it was all headed in the wrong direction, getting older and this thing left untreated. It was going to send me down a road that I don't want to go down. Were the symptoms real? Absolutely, yes. The symptoms were very real. It felt like I was climbing uphill with no strength to do it. Incredible, impact upon my body and very real symptoms. That's just one example. We are all dealing with facts. In one area of your life or another, you'll be dealing with financial facts. You'll be dealing with family facts. You'll be dealing with health facts. You'll be dealing with all these facts that come to our lives. And because we live in the fallen world that we do, there will be competing voices going on in your in your soul, in your mind, and you'll be caught between these two places. However, and whenever you see however or whenever you see but in the Bible, God is always giving to you another option. You and I, because we are believers in Jesus Christ, do not, we never have to get stuck in facts. We don't have to get stuck in facts because your faith, the faith that God himself has given you and I is able to rise higher than the facts. The faith that God has given to you and I is able to overcome the facts. We are able to see the end in sight and not get stuck along the road of facts. God has given to us his word so that we can walk in the revelation of his word, you and I as believers are capable of so much more than we've even experienced yet. We are capable of so much more. Let me read this scripture to you, Mark chapter four. Interesting, the team were just singing about calm the storm. Mark chapter four, verses 37 to 41, it speaks about a furious squall came up. The wind and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care that we we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? they were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, just that scripture alone, and we don't have time to really spend uh, a lot of time on it, but there's a lot going on in this one verse, in these few lines. There's a lot going on. The storm, for example, is breaking over their boat, which was endangering all of their lives. It swamped the boat. I've been on a boat where a boat is being swamped by incredible waves in the middle of a storm and I tell you, it is not nice to be there, particularly when you are prone to seasickness. No food, they close off the kitchen, you can't leave your cabin. I mean, welcome turning 21. That was my 21st birthday. Let's do a cruise to Fiji and let's hit a cyclone in the process. Just in case you didn't know, that was the original love boat. The love boat that you saw on the TV series, I was on the last voyage because they discovered that it was not seaworthy. So I know what it is to be in a storm on a boat, on a ship and the waves are crashing over the boat and it is just rocking and rolling like you wouldn't believe. These men on board this boat say here, their lives were in danger, the boat was being swamped completely and they were worried that this was about to finish their lives in their their lives. Were these guys being dramatic? Were they exaggerating? Was this psychosomatic? Or was this actually happening? Well, you and I know this was actually going on. This was taking place. That is a total and a complete fact. And on top of that, in the middle of this storm with their lives in danger, they are feeling abandoned by Jesus. And they say to him, Rabbi, don't you care What is happening to us here? Don't you care that we are about to perish? And where was Jesus in the middle of the the biggest storm probably they had encountered in their lives? I love the emphasis. Not only was he asleep, but he's asleep on a cushion, which tells me he's as comfortable as a whatever. He is asleep on a cushion. He's comfortable while they are being thrown around all over the place. Possibly some of us in this room have felt like this and could identify some of the experiences that we've had, some of the storms we've gone through, some of the experiences that you've had to endure some of the times when didn't add up, some of the times that just didn't make sense, some of the things that have come your way that blindsided you, some of the storms that had your life being thrown in all directions. And not only that, right in the midst of the biggest battle of your life, it felt like Jesus was nowhere to be found. It felt like Jesus was not present. It felt like does he ever does he hear the cry of my heart? Does he even care what is going on in my life? And in this story here, as Jesus is woken up, he hardly gives any attention whatsoever. I want you to get this in context context. He hardly gives any attention to the storm at all. The disciples were focused on the storm. Jesus doesn't give hardly any attention to the storm at all other than to do this. Be quiet and be still. Other than that, he's not interested in the wind. He's not interested in the condition of the boat. And he turns his attention to the disciples. And he just simply says two things to them. Why are you in fear? And secondly, where is your faith? Right there. We ask ourselves, where are you and I living? Which land are we living in? Do we live in the land of facts alone? In the place where the storms can come and go and throw you around and Have you questioning, does Jesus even care if we make it through? Is that the place where you constantly park your emotions? Is that the place where you park your attention? Is that the place where you hope that Jesus will feel sorry for for you, for what you're going through and hope that if we get low enough, then Jesus will come to our rescue? Because as I read this story here, Jesus was not concerned about the storm at all. It was peace, be still, be quiet. He ceased the storm. The storms that come and hit every home, every life, because the rain will fall upon the just and the unjust. But Jesus told them this, and this was the thing that they gave no consideration to in the midst of their situation. He had already told them, before the journey began, we are going to the other side. But nowhere in the midst of the storm with the boat being thrown around, do you see them reciting what Jesus had said. Nowhere in the midst of the storm do you see them rehearsing what Jesus had already said back on the shore. Nowhere in them did you see any sign of faith or confidence whatsoever in Jesus at all. It was like, Master, do you not care that we are about to go under in this situation? You see, the challenge what challenges me in this is this, that our lives will always be surrounded by facts and it will always be surrounded by truth. There are facts connected with our childhood. There are facts connected with our maybe our journey through high school or something. There'll be facts that you're dealing with today regarding finances or maybe a diagnosis in your body. And whatever those facts look like, whatever label they have, and they may not be good right now, you might be dealing with something that science has proven through a diagnosis that this is going on in your body and that report got sent to your doctor and now your doctor has told you this is what's going on and it's all headed in a bad direction. Some of you know Byron's story and I'll just mention one, one part of that. When Byron was dealing with one of those things that um, we've, had to, we've, we've had to learn to trust God in these things and that's not always an easy road to be on. And I've told some of you this story before, but I received a phone call. He was in hospital and I received a phone call and he said to me, you better get to the hospital, they're about to prep me for surgery. And my instant reaction, which I know was not a human reaction, because my human reaction would have been to be anxious and to be worried and to be nervous about what does all this mean? I knew right at that precise moment, this was not a human reaction because God gave me a word right there. At the end of that phone call, as soon as I hung up that phone call, God gave me one word. And that one word was the word, no. I didn't have a scripture, I didn't have a verse. I just had one word and the word was no. And so for the next 45 minutes to an hour as I'm getting ready, I'm driving down the highway, I'm going to the hospital, I just kept saying, I say no to this in the name of Jesus. God gave me one word and it was the word no. I got to the floor of where he was and the nurse at the desk was not welcoming at all because it was outside of visiting hours and I had showed up outside visiting hours and I said to her, I've received a phone call to say they're prepping my husband for surgery and I've been asked to come down. She was very abrupt and she said, well, I know nothing about it whatsoever. You'll have to sit down there while I go and check. So I sat down and she went back, checked 10, 15 minutes. She came back and this was her word to me. She said, the surgery that was scheduled has now been canceled and that report has changed. In 45 minutes to 60 minutes, the word that God gave me superseded the road that was about to take place. Were we dealing with facts? You bet we were dealing with facts. I don't know why God did not want surgery on that particular day, because surgery has happened on other days. But on that particular day, God did not want the surgery to happen, and he gave me the word no. The fact was Byron was in pain. The fact was he wasn't well. The fact was surgery was scheduled. The fact was they were going to prep him. The fact was the specialist did come in the room. But the truth was this, that God had given me a word that had superseded every fact that was in that story. Because the truth is always more powerful than any storm. None of us like the storms, I like peace, I like calm, I like happy, I like everything working out, I like all my ducks in a row, I don't like storms. But when God gives you a truth in the storm, you can walk through the storm because you've got truth. Another occasion comes as I think about one of our grandchildren who was supposedly diagnosed with some terrible disease sent off to the hospital for medical tests and had to go through all the rigors of that, which is no small thing when you've got a small baby that's crying because they're scared. But God gave us a word. And the word was, do not listen to every word that people say. And so as that baby's in that room, as the tests are taking place, I hung on to, and so did his parents, hung on to the word that God had given us, even though there's tests, there's hospitals, there's things you've just got to do because that's your duty of care. We stood on what word God had given us. Do not listen, do not believe every word that people say. Long story short, that child, whatever they thought that they had seen in that report suddenly wasn't there and this child got a clean bill of health. The storm's come. Faith doesn't wait until the storm passes and the rainbow's in the sky. And I can see land and I can see where we're going and all is well now. And hasn't God been good as he got, got us through that and somehow miraculously I'm breathing? Faith doesn't wait until the storm passes. Faith speaks to the storms. Be quiet and be still. You see, there's a language. There's a language. Team, could I have you back, please? There's a language that comes with faith. And there's a language with, which comes with being woken up. There is a language that comes once we are developed on this road of faith. It's a language that cannot be immersed in every feeling. It's a language that cannot be immersed with every thought because that will deceive you. Your mind will go in a thousand different directions. Anxiety will take you to a place of depression. Disappointment will carry you to a place where you don't know which way is up or down. There is a language of faith that can grow on the inside of you that takes root in you, and once it takes root then the language of faith will flow out of you because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouths will speak. The storm has come. The boat is rocking. The diagnosis is there. The family is under pressure. Finances are low, but right in the midst of my storm right now, I am so grounded and developed in what the Word of God says and I will speak to that storm in the name of Jesus and not it won't be just a case of barely making it because I've got faith in the storm. Be quiet and be still. For Byron and I, we've had ample times to walk with God in amongst it all, and so have you. To deal with things we never put the welcome mat out for. But in every story, there'll be these two places you can go. Facts or truth. You see, this is, this is it, and now and when we're going to pray, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the life, and Jesus is the truth. I don't have time tonight, but many of us in this room would have gone through a storm or two. I'll tell you now, Jesus didn't send it to you. It was not under the direction of God to test you, to try you, to make you be a better person. We live in a fallen world and storms will surely come. But when Jesus went to the cross, he shed his blood so that you can do what Jesus did, be quiet and be still. Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life. John eight thirty one says if you hold to my teaching you are really my disciples then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Facts will not set you free. Your facts will, will contradict truth because the facts will be my body's not great. This pressure is here, this disappointment is there. Facts don't set you free, but truth will set you free. The fact was that Lazarus was dead, but the truth was that Jesus is the resurrection and he is the life. The truth will always reveal where your true authority is. And what we're going to do tonight, we are going to declare truth over those that are sick in their body. You might want to stand in for somebody else who's unwell. But we are going to declare the truth of God's Word because the truth of God's Word is this, that your bodies can be healed. Storms can be silenced. Situations can be overcome and you don't need to be the one that's been overcome in it. You can rise again. Hope can rise again. And we're going to declare truth over your story at this altar. I'm going to ask the team to lead us in worship. I want to pray for the sick. If you've got someone else you're standing in for tonight, let us know that. I'll ask all of our leaders to come down and support me at the altar. But what we're going to do, please don't come to the altar and tell us all of your facts. Just tell us, I'm believing God for healing in my body. I'm believing God for restoration. I'm believing God for something. I want to know what you're believing in. I don't want the history of the facts because you'll regurgitate in that until Jesus comes. But I want believers to rise up in truth, in truth, because the truth sets you free. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship. Don't hesitate, don't delay. If you want to come to the altar, please come to the altar. We're going to lay hands on you and we're going to declare truth.